Hello, everybody. This is Joey J. Ping here from Respect My Region. We are on episode 70 of the North American Weed Tour podcast. Today, I have special guests, the world famous Prop Brothers at Law. We have Craig Wasserman, I'm sorry, over here on the top corner. We've got Mark down below. Fellas, good morning. Happy Tuesday. Good morning, Joey. Happy Tuesday, brother. Good Man. morning. How are you? Fellas, it is an honor to have you guys here today. Um, most people don't know that you guys, your family particularly, quite literally changed the Respect My Region trajectory, changed my life, changed at least 10 to 20 other people within our team. And so I just want to say before we get too much farther, thank you guys for being you. Thank you guys for being super dope, for helping the community, for helping the culture. Um, and for taking a for 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 finding a passion and just being a part of cannabis culture and helping people manage it truly is an honor to be speaking with you guys and to tell the story with you today thank you very much appreciate that and you know as much as uh, we may have helped you you helped us with uh one of yeah, our most good, viral videos uh getting picked up by roger stone off your page back right. in what was that 2016 i think oh I, I wish i wish it was that long man it was it was whoops it was only 20 2018 christmas, 2018. Uh, christmas eve um that's right that's right so i guess i guess let's just dive right into that fellas like your your guys's life your cannabis lawyers right you're living in cali you guys are down in the oc right you guys got an office you've been working with cannabis talk 101 for years at that point and then all of a sudden i imagine your page just shuts going fucking nuts yeah, right. so what happened was on uh, Christmas morning, so it was 2018, as you said, we, up till that point, for like the first three years on social media, we had amassed about 120,000 followers. And while Instagram was our mother load, I had us on every social media platform, including Facebook. We had a page, maybe had a couple hundred people following it. Mm -hmm. And I had my notifications set. So I get any message anywhere, anytime, because as attorneys, all it takes is one person got raided, got arrested. They want to talk. So I make sure we don't miss those things. And the Facebook notifications would go off once every two or three weeks with a little ding. Christmas morning that, that day, I wake up, I'm on vacation actually. And my phone is going ding, 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 ding. Like I thought my phone was broken. I didn't know what, what was going on. And I go to the, on my phone, I go to the computer and I track down this Facebook page where I'm seeing all these likes, shares, comments, and I'm able to track it back to respect my region. I'm like, wow, what's this page? They posted our uh, main viral video uh, where we talk about three people in a raid of an illegal shop to say, oh, I was volunteer here and they got busted. One guy shut the fuck up followed us and and he got and he got uh i'm sorry we got his case dismissed actually it was never filed because they had no proof that he worked there was a customer walked by just happened to walk in yep. and uh and we got it to where he didn't even get charged in that case wow and, that's yeah incredible. and so that was the video that you guys that was going mega viral already you guys picked it up put it on your page and that's where the infamous Roger Stone, who just invoked his Fifth Amendment right to shut the fuck up when he got served with all that January 6th subpoena stuff. Uh, but he po reposted it, and that was it. It just yeah, he said he said, these should be my lawyers. It was about the time he was going through another legal battle back then, and he actually, I think the judge ordered a gag order on him because he wouldn't shut the fuck up. Yeah. That's when he picked up from your page our shut the fuck up video and said, these guys should be my lawyers. And I, we, we actually interviewed him at a CWCBE conference in New York, I think a year or so earlier. And I don't know if he remembered us, but we were part of the Cannabis Talk 101 uh, podcast. So we're not sure if he remembered us and, or, or not. It really doesn't matter, but he picked it up from your page and the rest is history. Yeah. And after that, it got picked up by World Star and all these places that we knew nothing about. Right. And it, isn't that so interesting, right? The way that the internet works now is if, and I always look, I, you know, as a data person, as a content person, I always go back and I'm like, fuck, how could I recreate this 5 billion view video, right? Like, Can't. how can we do that? And it's like, we've, you guys create something. Well, first off, you guys service an industry that is so 
powerful. It is so helpful for people because we as citizens in the United States, I'm 30 years old, fellas. I have never been given a handbook of how to be a legal citizen in the United States. I've never been told that I can't cross the street. I've never been told that it's illegal to walk through a crosswalk if the light's not walking. I have no idea how to be a, a real solid law-abiding citizen. No handbooks, no, no articles. There's nothing. There's literally nothing out there to, like, to be a good person in America. It doesn't say anything about that at all. It's like you got to go to church or some shit for that. So what you guys do with these short form videos, with these scripts, it's so relatable for people because there's that aha moment where holy shit, these guys who are experts, all I got to do is shut the fuck up when I get pulled over. We all get pulled over. And in this day and age, we know that if you mouth off, if you look a certain way, any quick movements, it very quickly can go a bad. dangerous path. It can go very bad, very quick. And this is a whole, today's reality is much different than the reality that you guys uh, built your empire on. Now, obviously it's similar and a little bit more, uh, I'd say drastic within, within the political climate and the reality of America right now, but the truth, the value that you guys bring to the table, it holds truer than ever now to just shut the fuck up, let the cops, let the police make mistakes. And let the lawyers and the experts identify how they can beat them. Yeah, because you're not going to win at that traffic stop, the pullover, the, you know, gets they come up to you on the street. You're not going to win that argument. It is yeah. not. And anything you do and say is just going to fuck yourself down the road. And it's just so important that uh, you let us or any other attorneys, you know, let them do the argument. You know, you shut the fuck up. You don't consent to a search. If they want to search your car, you step aside. You, you don't consent, but you don't get in their way. And uh, 90, I don't know, 90% of the time, they're, they're fucking up. They're doing something wrong. They didn't have the right cause. But the minute you consent or the minute you talk, boom, there goes, as my brother says, we have two six guns. We have two uh, uh, Colt 45 with six gun barrels. And every time you talk, there goes a bullet. There goes a bullet. Take another bullet out. Take another bullet out. Before yeah. you know it, we're we're grasping at straws and we have no bullets in our gun. And we're like, okay, now you got to make a deal because you fucked yourself. Yeah. So, and it's it's funny how it coincided. Our whole shut the fuck up was really, you know, initially for marijuana patients back in the day, so they don't get screwed on a pullover. Is really how it started, and yeah. and as we grew and developed the actual overall script bad shit was happening with police and not that it didn't used to happen, but now we have videos, cell phones and all that other shit. So it kind of coincided with the rise in that. And we're trying to tell people, look, this not necessarily is going to keep you safe. It's not going to, maybe it's not necessarily going to keep you from getting your ass beat, but it's sure going to help. If you do get your ass beat pulled out of the car for no, no reason, it's going to help us down the road either with a civil case or obviously your civil, your uh, criminal defense. And what I you got to remember is that with utilizing the script, preserving and protecting all of your rights, remedies, and defenses, like my brother just said, for criminal defense or a civil case afterwards. Hmm. So, so I guess the lesson to be learned here is follow directions to the best of your ability. Be quiet. Try not to escalate any form of situations, right? And then one thing that I've learned recently, I spoke, um, you know, you guys here in California, we we come from Seattle. So we spoke with our with our partners up in Seattle, uh, the Cultiva Law team. And I was speaking with one of the members from their LA office, and they were telling me about how police officers are are all they have to do is say that they fear for themselves. And a lot of stuff can just not to say get swept under the rug, but almost anything goes after yep. that. Yep. A lot of that Terry and, v. Ohio. Yep, right? I saw Mims and all the rest of them let those cops, you know, after everything is done, say, oh, I thought I saw a weapon. Oh, I was scared. Uh, you know, and so the, the more you keep your mouth shut, say only these 25 words, we can expose those things. That's how we are successful in cases where cops lie and make shit up. Then we get to go look at police reports, audio, video. And when the defendant is not talking, we have no other language to worry about or any other voices to worry about other than a cop saying whatever he's saying to try to manufacture reasons why he did a search and all those other things. So that's why it is best to, to keep your mouth shut. And 
remember there's only room for one ego at a traffic stop. Let it be that cop, that cop uh, who's the one it's up to us to deescalate hot heated cops at this point, you know, and that's just by it doesn't it. always work. I mean, we're not pretending well, it's a panacea for, we have to say what, how it works, what it doesn't do, what it works for, because that's what a lot of people say that won't work for me because maybe they're a minority or whatever the case may be. And my brother alluded to it earlier, using what we say is not going, it doesn't ensure you're not going to get pulled over, that you're not going to get profiled, that you're not going to get a ticket, that you're not going to get arrested, that you're not going to get charged, that you're not going to get your ass beaten, that you're not going to get killed. All those things happen at traffic stops and we can't do anything about it other than give you these tools, which will expose all that and leave all your rights intact without you incriminating yourself. I mean, so the, the question then for me becomes if there's a culture of egos in police officers and in, and in these departments and sheriffs and highway patrol, I'm thinking about it, there's all these different uh, types of officers out there, right? So they come, they come up to you, they pull you over. Um, obviously, there's costs associated with lawyers and stuff. So it's like the less you speak, the less risk there is the less risk there is in terms of your life, the less risk there is financially. I would imagine that, you know, again, I've never hired lawyers in my life. I haven't had a real super reason to just yet, but I would imagine that the more running your mouth you do, I would imagine that the more issues and the escalation that you have, the more costly it gets too, if you're in a situation where you're actually hiring lawyers and having to pay them for things, right? And so if they just keep running their mouth and this and that, you guys have to look through tapes. You have to watch through more video, correct? You have to do more research, which is more hours in the law space. Well, and also you're exposing yourself to other potential charges. You know, mm. the, more, the, 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 different, the more you're charged with different things, the more it's going to cost you. Okay. So, so for example, what would you guys say is the most common thing? Let's just start with California first because this is where our bread and butter is here. I live here now. What would you say the most common, like what's the most common cases that you're helping with today or these days? Well, when it comes to criminal defense, because remember we do criminal defense and then we, we do the uh, civil side of uh, cannabis businesses and all that. So when it comes to criminal defense, we're seeing a lot of DUIs, both cannabis and alcohol related. Okay. And we're also seeing a lot of LAX airport cases. Sometimes people bringing 30 pounds, sometimes people bringing five ounces, two ounces. two ounces, even, or a joint and getting busted on the other side. We've, we've seen lots of those. There are a lot of raids going on in California, particularly in cities and counties that are now allowing it and licensing or are moving in that direction. They always clean house. These seshes <laughs> that are still popping up are getting raided. So we're seeing a lot of that action in California. And then my brother can tell you about the licensing. Yeah, well, we won't talk about that right now. We're talking about people's civil rights, which is kind of our, our page morphed from California law, criminal and, and civil. And, you know, it morphed into nationwide because your Fourth Amendment and Fifth Amendment rights are constitutional rights that are in every state. I did want to point out someone's making a comment here, freedom of speech. So a cop can say whatever he wants and I can't. Nah, you know, it's not about freedom of speech here. It's not what we're talking about. We're talking about keeping you safe, your life safe, your your defense, your civil liberties, um, keeping all defenses you may have in a criminal case should you get charged. So it's not about freedom of speech at all. And the cops are the cops can lie. Remember that. And unfortunately, we need to change the culture of cops. I'm not a defund this, defund that bullshit. If you ask me, it's it's redefine the culture of cops, what they're there for. They go in six months school in, in the academy and they're taught to try to get into your car. They're taught to try to get you to say something, to try to get you to let you let them search your car. Someone may have dropped a fucking something in your car. And we've had those cases where the driver had no idea a passenger dropped something. He gave consent and then he got it fucked because someone else dropped something in his car. So the, the whole point is <laughs> not talking to them isn't trying to infringe on your speech. It's to protect your rights. Yeah. Protecting your rights. I, I look, I use this word a lot in my consulting and my marketing. It's called mitigating the risk. There's a lot of risk out there in life, but we get in the car we can get hit by car accidents. We can get hit by lightning. Someone can merge into us. But one of the biggest risks out there is just 
driving legally, again, I'd say looking a certain kind of way, doesn't even matter if it's minority or not. You can just wear hats late at night with a hoodie and get pulled over. I've yeah, had it happen. You're profiled. Yeah. Yeah. You profiled. can get profiled for anything these days. 2 a.m., 3 a.m. Like, look, 24 hours a day, you're legally allowed to drive your vehicle. Why all of a sudden do you do we stress out at 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. when we don't even drink? I don't even drink. Right. Like, why do I got to be worried about because, you know, because I smoked a joint at 10 a.m. Like, it don't it just. You got mitigating that risk is something that you guys have been doing for other people I mean, for so long with this game. To, to give you an example with the DUI stuff we see, and it's so important not to say anything. That's why we came up with the nice, the most polite way to tell a cop it's none of your fucking business is I'm not discussing my day or I'm not discussing my evening because people think cooperation means talking and it doesn't. Because the cop will say, you're not cooperating with me. You can't tell me when you last had a drink. You can't tell me when you last smoked. No, cooperation is here's my ID. Here's my license. Here's my proof of insurance. Here's whatever. And get out of the car. Okay, I'm getting out of the car. I mean, that's cooperation. Put your hands behind your back. That's cooperation. Talking to them is not cooperation. It's just fucking yourself. So what people do is when they get pulled over and get all nervous, and instead of saying, I'm not discussing my day when the cop smells it, Either you smoked in your car, which is legal in California if it's turned off. So it's not illegal to have your car smell like weed. They make you think it is. Then they say, when did you last smoke? And people think, oh, I'm good. Oh, cops, cool. I, I smoked three hours ago before I left home. Boom. Last night? Some Sometimes last night. Sometimes 24 <laughs> hours ago. Sometimes an hour ago. <laughs> all of the above get hauled in for a DUI, which we most likely are going to beat because they have no proof of impairment. They didn't see you drive impaired. They pulled you over for a traffic ticket. and But it's going to cost you. If you had just said, I'm not discussing my day, that cop has to make it. And then when you finally get to the script part of, am I being detained or am I free to go? They have to make a decision. And a lot of them make the decision to let you go. Some say, fuck it, I'm going to arrest you. I'm going to search your car. They do it all illegally. And we're going to get that dismissed. That's not your fault. That just happens. But then we will be able to have the best defense to get that thing thrown out. Now, um, in those, in those situations, you, and forgive me for not knowing, again, not having not used a lawyer for things like that. Thank God. Thank God. Does that cost go on them or does that cost still come on to me if I'm the person and I have oh, that? Oh, that's still on you. It sucks. I mean, the, no matter whether you talk or not, whether you get it, you know, if you get charged, you got to go pay for a lawyer to defend you. Well, that makes sense. And this, and this goes to the other, all the people that are watching. You guys, it does pay. It, it 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 pays you well to save your money, like to I mean, drive. Because you're, you're you're gonna. I mean, like you said earlier, I ride a I ride a Harley, and it's anything to bring the risk level down while I ride. Wearing a helmet, not speeding through traffic. You know, there's all these things we do that we've been veteran riders to bring the risk level down. Doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Doesn't mean we're not going to get in an accident. God forbid. But and it's the same thing with the script. It's going to bring your risk level down. We have officers all over the country literally DM us, thanking us for keeping them safe and for yeah. using the script. And we have some <laughs> cops that are called constitutional uh, cops, constitutional police, where they believe in our rights. And they actually thank us again for informing people of their rights. And they move on to the next guy. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and, and it does keep everything safe. I mean, they have to make that decision. You know, am I going to bring this guy in for an illegal lane change? I know he's doing something. I smelled the weed. I know it. I know it's in there, but he can't search. Well, he can. And in California, it's not probable cause to search your car, even if they say it is. Yeah, for, for cannabis. For cannabis. for cannabis. They can lie, period, about it. So the easiest thing is to no matter what a cop says, blah, 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 blah is all you hear and you don't consent to a search. Period. Then when they find uh, yeah, yeah, 10 pounds in the trunk and you didn't consent, might not get your 10 pounds back, but we're going to get the case dismissed. You yeah. won't have a felony. You know, let me back up to, on the DUI <coughs> to point out, as we always like to, in California, the field sobriety tests where walk the line, touch your nose, follow my finger, those are voluntary. Those are voluntary in California along with the on-site thalizer known as the preliminary alcohol screener when you're on the side of the road and they want you to blow voluntary 
Now, wherever you are, whatever state you're in, you want to Google, do I have to do a field sobriety test in my state? Do I have to do an onsite breathalyzer in my state? A lot of states are like California where it's voluntary and you do not do them. You politely decline. Then if they want to choose to arrest you and take you into custody under what's called the implied consent law that you agreed to when you signed your driver's license, if arrested an alleged DUI, you must do a chemical test, blood, breath, or urine, typically blood if they suspect any kind of drugs. So you want to know those things in your state because if you refuse a test at the end after arrest in California, DMV automatically revokes your license for one year because driving is a privilege, not a right. So you want to remember those well, things. Uh, and can we say that again for everybody watching? Driving is a privilege, not a right. Thank and you. And the DMV can take that license. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna address a question, another question here. Someone indicated why you wouldn't be able to get the pounds back. And the simple fact is, unless you have a manuf unless you have a transportation or distribution license here in California, if you have more than 28 grams, it's illegal. You can have, it's a misdemeanor. So this whole legal thing too is a bunch of bullshit. It's decriminalized. It's legalized. If you don't have a medical recommendation for under 28 grams of wax or or uh, or flour, anything over that is still a misdemeanor, and it'll get confiscated. You can't have it. You can't transport it. You can't do that. So you're not going to get that back unless you're a medical patient and can prove with an expert. And we have experts to prove that we need these 10 pounds. We need it for my glaucoma, my 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 uh, digestive Our system. We make wax with it. We press it. We make water hash. We use it for tea. I mean, there's all these defenses to having that much, but it's a real hard bar to prove that. And most of the time, let's be honest, is probably not for that. But they're not going to. But they're going to get those felonies dismissed if, in fact, they stuck to the script and didn't incriminate themselves, and the cops had no reason to get into your car. And that's and, really. And we're more looking for that defense. I mean, it's nice to get product back, but at the end of the day, your freedom is more important. And to all our Californians, if you use cannabis at all, you're dumb if you don't go get the physician's recommendation and have it on you at all times. Because not only does it allow you to have more up to eight ounces, but it allows you to smoke wherever somebody's smoking cigars and cigarettes and other things. No unless, unless you're on private property like Disneyland. They have well, a here, smoking area. <laughs> they have a smoking area, but you can't smoke cannabis there. Right. So, well, you know, so it's worth we need to run that one back because that was a bomb you just dropped right there. So first off, you just said that if I get my medical recommendation, first off, it still matters. That's just mind-blowing. Because you ask 99.9% yes. .9 of dispensaries, they're going to say, no, that problem's gone. That program's gone. It's done away. You don't need that anymore because before you had to have it to go into yeah. a store. So same thing in Washington where we're from. 99.7% of people don't is gone. Like it's less than 0.3% up there. You have that shit. So for me, I actually had it right when I got here. And I let it expire after my first year. It never well, expires. The funny thing is case law, it does not expire. They don't expire. The problem is... The doctors wanted to do it every year so they can charge money. 99 bucks every year. And so they put an expiration date on it. Now, for their recommendation. Correct. Technically, it doesn't expire, but when a cop sees an you know, expiration date, blah, 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 it's just not going to help you. So mm -hmm. it's just easier to get it every year. Um, it's easier to get it every year, but we've had cases where someone had one 10 years ago, never got it redone, and we've used that as a defense, and it's worked. Well, so my question then becomes, how? Like, go back to the viral video. Shut the fuck yeah. up when you get pulled over, right? That card mitigates risk. It mitigates a lot of risk from what I'm, from my, my understanding is. Can you guys dive into some of, some of those kinds of details? Now, obviously, we, you guys can read the comments along the side. We've got to talk or not to talk asking questions about multiple states from Detroit to New York and things like that. You guys, you guys, California only, yeah, only is what we can talk about. Is what we're talking to. And, okay. and what, we, what, we, what we recommend to people, though, such as in California, here's another bombshell that it's to us, it's just common knowledge. And no matter half a million people, a million people see our shit, it still happens every fucking day. The field sobriety test, the field sobriety test, touch your nose, walk in line, blah, blah, blah. Before you're arrested, 
is voluntary. Voluntary. Yeah, we just talked about that. Don't do He's them. Saying it again. Listen to Big Brother. Don't do them. You're going to fail no matter what. And give them the right to take you in. Period. Don't do them. They're voluntary. Because it's subjective, right? Like I remember. Yes. Absolutely. I remember. I remember. I was uh, DDing. You know, in my freshman year in college, had a beer poured on me, right? And the car's lights only worked in brights. Go figure, right? Old car. So here I am. I get pulled over. They're like, man, you reek like beer. You're like, you didn't drink. Yeah, right. Take this test. And if you're clear, you're good to go. I'm scared. Okay. But I know that I'm good because I did not drink a single thing. So then I take the test and I fail, just like what you're saying. And I'm like, yo, there's no way. Like you're, I, I didn't even say you're going to look dumb. I didn't say you're going to look stupid. Like I really haven't drank nothing. I literally said, that, you know, I'm DDing for this girl in the backseat of that car. She said that she wouldn't come out if I, you know, if I drank even one. So she's here. I didn't drink even one. Like, but he's like, but you failed the test. So you're lying to me right now. And I'm like, officer, I wear contacts. Like, it's. Yeah, it's, no, it's just don't do them. That's a good example. Don't do them. They're voluntary. Again, the cops going to have to make a in decision. In California. You got to Google your in state. In California. And, okay. and I Googled it in many, many states. And it's the same. We just came from a conference in, in Virginia Beach. And luckily, there was we do a seminar and shut the fuck up at Canacon conventions. And we go through all this and to, for the people who come to the convention. And there was an attorney, thank goodness, in because we don't comment on other state laws. It's the same. It's voluntary. Google it in your state. Most states, the field sobriety test prior to arrest is voluntary. Simply don't do them. I'm going to answer a questionnaire. I'm not sure who it was asked about how many pens and and car and uh, cartridges and and concentrate can you have in California? Yep. If you don't have your medical recommendation, you can have up to 28 total grams of concentrate. Of concentrate. If you have your medical recommendation, you can have eight ounces. Right. So that's the answer for California. But wow, Google all this so much in, more than in Washington. It's seven. It's seven in Washington. Yeah, it's it's stupid stupid limits. But you can. But I can go buy a case of motherfucking vodka. I can get that's sick. Like we can go I to go Costco to, right now and buy an eighteen pack of vodka. I, I was I, I was in the trunk during the pandemic. Put it in the seat next to you. During the pandemic, we went and got a a six pack of the Kirkland vodka. People asked us, what's that? He's going to have a party? I go, no, that's for us. Don't shame us. <laughs> but, but you can buy six big-ass bottles of vodka. There's no limit. More than eight grams of wax in Seattle. That's, but anyway, that's another whole topic we could talk about. So I'd like, at this point, you know, we're about halfway through. I'd like to transition over, not to say an entirely different direction, but, you know, I'd like to go into a part uh, that talks about the lives of cannabis lawyers. Now, before, it's not to say, like, what I'm describing to you guys, because because when we come from these other states, like, I hate to break it people in California, but not everybody just watches California shit all the time. So I, until that Christmas Eve morning, when I heard you guys through my roommate's video that he was watching, right, I had never heard of you guys. So I described you all as, like, being very popular California famous, like, big-ass influencers in Cali, right? That's That may be wrong, but that's how I've gone about it up until that viral moment. Now... When that happened, or let, let's start there, before the insanely viral, this, the, the whoa, 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 and tours and iHeart, I'm interested in what it was like being you guys and what y'all were doing in these Prop 215 days. Because I coming here in February 2019, I was here a year after, like a year into rec <laughs> in California. And the OGs in this space, they hate Prop 64. They hate it. Everybody in California that has a lick of respect for them, they hate this shit. And so I want to know what your guys' thoughts are and and what life was like before the moment. You know what I mean? Well, we we loved it. I mean, obviously going back to you know 15 or 16 when we when when my son Jay Cures the West Coast Cure got us at that Be Real TV studio with with Adam Hill. Mm -hmm. Um at that point forward because my son was so embedded in the culture as it existed, you know, for the last 20 years prior to that, we started going to events. I mean, our, our first events literally was a, uh, with, at a secret sesh that used, they used to be held at mansions. There were mansion parties. You'd get picked up somewhere and then bust into this mansion. And, and it was a full on, you know, 
you know, drug, drug dealing swap meet. Drug dealing swap meet, as we put it back then. But we would go. We got a in the corner of the mansion. We'd have a table in the kitchen area, and we sat there and we started helping people, taking questions, giving advice, smoking with them, hanging wow. out, and, and all that shit. And then as things graduated to actual events, we had Blazers Cup. We've had Secret Sesh. We've had all the events at the NOS Center. We started with a 10 by 10 booth. I mean, we sat there in the mud and rain and sat there with a 10 by 10 booth with two chairs and a table going, shut the fuck up. You know, hey. giving people the advice, giving them cards. You know, it was, there was no other attorneys that would- hey, that's it. the hustle. You know, and it was in the dirt and the mud. We walked the, we, we walked the, the show and, and talked to people. And, you know, it gradually went from nobody knowing who the fuck we were to maybe every 200 yards we'd get, hey, 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 aren't you those guys to, you know, fast forward to today, you know, yeah. now it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's very, it's very humbling that we walk into somewhere, Virginia, Chicago, Oklahoma, and we get the same response, no matter what venue we're in, you know, we get approached like right off the bat and it's, it's very humbling and, and we appreciate it. We like when I when we're out and we hear from wherever, hey, just shut the fuck up, guys. You know, it's <laughs> nothing we could have ever planned or dreamed of, you know? Yeah, two joke. There, there's, there's no more of these events. Well, there are some, but we don't go to them anymore. Um, before Prop 64, it was people had to show their medical wrecks, and it was it was a real gray area, but now it's those kind it's of great. events are not gray they're illegal and yeah, we just always been illegal those that are straight up illegal i'd love to i don't judge we don't care we think it's overregulated. everything's overregulated in california prop 64 was a shit show i mean there are some silver linings to it people getting out of jail people getting shit expunged you know people like me i just turned 60 and for for let's see 60 so i've been smoking for 45 years do the math and when i smoked a joint it was a felony I mean, so as fucked up as 64 is, and trust me, I do the regulatory uh, licensing and permitting, and it's fucked. But, you know, the old, old guys will go maybe, you know, at least it's a first step. And and hopefully there's going to be some initiatives working with uh, a couple groups right now for a 2024 initiative in California mm -hmm. that would repeal some of the worst parts of Prop 64, take away local control of the cities. Right now, two two thirds of the whole state 470 something fucking 482 482 cities less less than a third allow cannabis less than a third when the whole state fucking voted for it it's it's fucked up but that's a whole nother that's a whole nother something we can talk about some other time so they but but i believe they did re release a, or relinquish it slightly right to allow delivery to some of those correct or no oh no what happened was yes yes so they the courts did clarify that licensed delivery services where you have to have a physical address. So as long as you have a city and state permit from a city, you can deliver to any city in the state, even if that city has a ban on cannabis businesses originating in their city. Ah, okay. So I mean, at that point, let I guess let the other cities make the tax dollars off of this. It just doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. Yeah, that doesn't make no sense. No, it's stupid. It's it's now we are getting more and more cities. The domino effect, I think, in 2022, I think there might be a lot more cities in California finally opening up. Some are opening up. I, actually, like Costa Mesa, it's awesome. They opened up with uh, retail. They they had uh, uh, manufacturing previously. They opened up retail to as long as you can find a place. And they give buffer zones. They don't give an area where you got to stuff you in there. If you can find a place that's a thousand feet from school youth facility, so far from a park or whatever the hell it is, they didn't put a limit on how many people can get a license. Now they did charge a fucking shitload. It's a hundred thousand dollar fucking fee, I believe. Um, other cities open up and go, we're going to allow two, and twenty people apply. It's fucked up. And, so, and some other city have a way they weigh it. They have a, like a grading process and they hire. I think this I saw Florida just allowed their first, like, which is so I, weird to say out loud, I, but I, like right. one, one black business owner, I think was what the story was. Am yeah. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not quite sure in Florida, but this is how it is in California. I mean, it's, it's messed up and hopefully that's going to change. But for now, let's just keep people, people's rights safe.
And yeah. the one good thing about 64 was that uh, people were let out of jail. You know, we can't, we can't bash that portion of it uh, because people were let out and we're able to go in and get felonies reduced to misdemeanors and so on down the line. So well, felonies dismissed completely. If someone had a joint and they got a felony, that's yeah, not that can be, that can be completely, completely eradicated. So that was the one good thing about 64 that still remains. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so before 64, I mean, it was great. Someone could come into our office and to be blunt for anywhere from 20 to 30 grand, they want to have a cannabis business. Now, granted back then it was a felony first, but if you, there were guidelines under the law under prop 215 and SB 420, which was a bill on how to implement prop 215. If you, if you were operating correctly under this guideline, you could defend the felony sales possession and, and all that stuff yeah. um, back, back then. So people would come in 15, 30 grand, set you up. You're good to go. Boom. Now people come in and it's like, do you, and this isn't, you have nothing to do with attorney fees. Attorney fees are minimal. Do you have a half a million to a million dollars? No, but I had this other business for 20 years. I was fine. Da, da, da. You know, like don't kill the messenger. We tell people don't kill the messenger. You know, go to your legislator, call your senators, call your representatives, get the law freaking changed so yeah. this, to bring down the regulatory hurdles and fees. Just do like any other business. You want to have a typewriter store, you go pay a $100 license fee. Why do you have to pay $28,000 license fee? And then everything that, everything, every tax in the cannabis space is based on your gross. Gross. People know the difference between gross and net. Net is after expenses. So you're, you know, your expenses, hundred grand, 40 in expenses, your taxes, you know, your, your well, net. But you can't write off just any expense, 280. Well, that's a whole different issue. I'm, I'm not giving an example. So, so people are getting taxed on a gross income as opposed to your net, which 99.9% .9 of business, businesses can, you can expense out your employees, your paper clips, your paper, this, that, and the other thing. And under 280E of the IRS Internal Revenue Code, it's a still a federally illegal substance, and you can't write all that stuff off. So instead of being able to get down to a taxable income of, of 40 grand, you're getting a taxable income of 80 grand. We defer all that to an IRS specialist, to a tax consultant, but we know that much to know this is basic. Go talk to the tax specialist who knows this area. So, so with, with all these different types of businesses, both the medical ones from the 215 days to now, obviously some of the newer struggles with these Prop 64 businesses, you know, taxes being one of the big ones, whether 280E, whole different black hole and wormhole to dive into, uh, not being able to do all these different like uh, forms of write-offs and things like that, or any whatsoever to, uh, for some accuracy. Um, what, what do you guys feel are some of the uh, the most important things businesses and brands uh, in today's landscape can and should be doing to protect their brands, to protect their assets, right? There's a lot of fakes out there. There's people uh, that can actually hack accounts and things and take just quite literally acquire. Well, like I mean, yeah, I mean, that, landscape. That, I mean, that, that we have excellent trademark attorneys, intellectual property attorneys, that we immediately refer our clients to if they have not protected their brands, like trademarked them, copyrighted them, whatever it is. And again, we refer them to very, very, and these guys have been in the cannabis uh, intellectual property space for years. So that's number one. Uh, number two is, uh, I know like it, my kid's company, I mean, they have cybersecurity fucking experts. You know, you have to. And they, they've got the security on their packaging that, you know, I mean, he was probably one of the first back in the day when he, he can't even sell these anymore. They were, they were, I think, 10 or 11 gram jars called the millionaire jar, or maybe it was the billionaire. He had a billionaire, billionaire. jar and a millionaire jar. One had seven grams of just beautiful golden fucking, you know, uh, concentrate. And one had 11 grams and it was the billionaire jar. And he was one of the first to actually seal it. And it was no seal. It's not real. And I mean, because, you know, they've gotten counterfeited. You can go online right now, probably to a oh, number, yeah. number of sites, which I don't I, I won't mention them. You all know them probably, but I don't need to help, uh, you know, and find fake packaging, you know. But if you look oh, at it, close enough, if you look at it close enough, you can tell it's fake. 
Um, so yeah, that's just, there's nothing you can do about it. There's really nothing. You can't find these people. They're in the wind. There's just really nothing you can do about it, except, you know, it, it sucks. I wasn't huge for regulations. You know, I think some regulations are good, you know, and even in this day and age, I was never a big one. I mean, I've been smoking for 45 years, never had anything tested and I'm alive, but the shit people are doing today is different. It's changed my mind on testing. Mm -hmm. So at least when you go to a regulated store, I mean, someone mentioned the taxes. Yeah. It's upwards of 38%, 38% to the consumer. The thing that sucks is with all this bullshit going out in the world and people may be mixing shit with weed or calling it something else or doing something else or growing mm -hmm. it with something else, you know, at least, you know, it's tested, you know, and there's not going to be any of that bad shit in your weed. So, you know, that's, that's one of the good things of regulation. We need to really revamp the whole thing. So we have the good and take out the bad and, and bring down those uh, 38 to 40, uh, uh, percent effective tax to the consumer. Now, now, Mark, I know you are a concentrate consumer, a big one. I saw, I believe I saw you taking a nice fat dab at secret session, not in person. I just happened to catch the, some of the footage. <laughs> uh, my, you know, the homies said that they was that they saw you out there. And, and uh, so, so talk to me about concentrates a little bit, both on the testing side, what you care about, what you look for. And then, um, you know, are there any good brands out there that you've been dabbing or smoking on recently? Because I know, Mark, I, yeah. I, we be smoking together. When we're yeah. when we're together at events, we smoke. You smoke yes. with everybody. But like, I'm always trying to pull something out and be like, yo, like, check this out, man. We're smoking on this, you know? So what you've been dabbing on, what you've been smoking for, what do you look for in a product? Lately, I've been dabbing on only two things, two okay. companies. Uh, yeah, well, at Secret Sesh was one of our clients, the Puff Wiser. And they make really fine concentrate. They're, they've got their, their, their uh, company out of Costa Mesa. Okay. And then of West Coast Cure and the rosin and, and all that good stuff. And, you know, companies like that are doing the testing. They're in li licensed legal shops, you know, so want to stay away from the concentrates that are, you know, made outside of that because you just don't know what's in it these days. Yeah. You know, and you know, you got to be careful. So keeping it to the licensed products is number one, you know, and then figuring out for yourself, because that's the deal, you know, when you're, when you're consuming cannabis, especially if you're just starting out, you cannot dose down, especially with a dab. I warn people all the time. Don't, don't try to take a dab like me. I'm doing one gram dabs because that's what I need. That's, you know, I smoke and consume like my brother does throughout the day to help us get along with all our different ailments or whatever it is. It's our medication. That's how we use it. And we've done it long enough. We know, we know, we know our limits. We know where we're, what we're doing. And unfortunately there's no book or direction for it. You know, it's not like uh, getting Tylenol, take two. If you, you know, it's something that you have to figure out yourself. I mean, so especially when dabbing start real small. Real I mean, the sad, the sad thing is, and, you know, kind of retro going back to something you asked earlier about pre-64 days, uh, you know, people were blasting it, you know, about blasting, right? Of course. It works. So people are blasting it in their backyards or wherever the hell. And if you did it right, it was actually safe. I've known people to do it for you know 10 years and there was never an issue. It's the idiots that do it indoors and don't realize they got butane everywhere and blow them fucking selves up. They gave it a really bad name. And <coughs> I think as we got to that point where that started happening, because, you know, it was being done for years before that. And then all of a sudden we have these explosions. Now we have honey oil. I don't know if you remember on the news initially years ago, we got a honey oil lab and uh, no, someone's fucked up, you know, it was fucking cannabis. And, uh, but back then it was in California, especially, and it still is to some degree, but we're losing it as a small community. You really didn't worry about what was in it. It was not, it was grown, it was blasted, it was backfired, it was vacuumed out, it was whatever, however they process this shit to get it clean. You know, people did it. It was kind of like, I don't want to say honor system, but th that's what people who were in the industry was that culture. Yeah. And, and now we have people getting in, I think, that don't really give a shit. They want to make money. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, people have the, to be the reality was that people were always trying to make money on it. It's just hopefully the people surrounding you guys were ones with the culture and able to, you know, looking to create a good product. I think 
you know, we've all seen and read and heard the stories about, you know, nine out of 10 of the products randomly picked up at a, those places, you know, these markets or these, you know, these trap shops, quote unquote, um, they end up having heavy metals that's an unsafe or not being the list that the actual, well, I mean, especially the pens, yeah. the pens are the worst. I mean, you know, shit, the, if it's a knockoff pen, you, you're fucked. You know, yeah, and I didn't do your lungs just horrible. And, you know, obviously we went through vape K with that and it seems like that kind of disappeared to some extent, I guess, out of the, you know, mainstream, the news, I guess, with all the rest of COVID and everything. But, you know, like you were saying that the, there are a number of RFID tags that I've seen, the QR codes. I'm liking a lot of the technology into the packaging that's kind of happening right now. Um, uh, for, for you guys, the Prop 64 has presented all kinds of different challenges from, you know, the cost of the licensing, uh, the lot, this COVID situation, the last two years has really put an interesting, uh, take on, uh, retail expansion, uh, and, you know, delivery became hugely, uh, just, I would say normalized. Um, do you guys, I mean, you guys are smoking a lot of weed, you're traveling. What are your thoughts on cannabis federal like legalization happening you have a do you have a take on that <sighs> well you know I say it's never gonna happen still yeah blah 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 you know with the i can't i was just reading the article and i i don't think i have it up on this computer but a republican has come forward with a uh take it off the schedule list and actually it's kind of funny i was been meaning to talk about this article i haven't yet on our upcoming podcast um that me and my brother are doing they want to leave it to more states' rights, less government, less federal interference, hmm. you know? And so it, it's funny. I, I half joke about it. You know, my, my, my political affiliation is weed, is cannabis. And I'm almost a one-issue guy. My life will go on no matter what else happens, good, bad, indifferent, whoever's up in the white, it doesn't fucking matter at the end of the day, you know? And, but weed is different. So when you start having the conservative side, the Republicans actually bringing forth a bill to me that says it's going to happen. It is going to happen when just don't hold your breath, man. Like I tell After clients, we're dead. In, I have clients that come in and ask me if I can tell them how it's going to have, how it's going to, the outcome is going to be. And I said, if you get an attorney who tells you how the outcome is going to be, you have them guaranteed in writing. Otherwise, let me do this. And I go, I'm half, I'm an asshole, right? So I reach behind me and I go, here, let me get out my crystal fucking ball. You know, if you shut the fuck up, you know, I tell you we have the biggest chance. If you didn't, here you are. But overall, it's like, I can't tell you the outcome. I don't know what judge jury's going to do at the end of the day. That's the truth. Yeah. You know, and, and, more, and a lot of attorneys, oh, yeah, no problem. We'll get you off guaranteed. Give me your money. I got a question. If it goes legal federally, then the next day when they release millions and millions of people from all these jails and prisons, uh, what, what's going to happen to unemployment and everything else? Well, they're not going to be released the next day. That's for sure. It just ain't going to happen. Yeah. My brother thinks there's a conspiracy that they won't because of the, because of what he just mentioned. It'll, you know, all no, the prisons. No, unemployment is so high. It would fill the jobs. Wait, no, here, here we had, we had a guest. We, we interviewed a guy, uh, yeah, from a, a company that's building a huge facility. And we talked about this when we interviewed them that they're when they're done, they're going to be able to employ five, 10 people, you know? And so if plan in place to let all these nonviolent candidates who are in prison and jail to come run, walk into a job in the cannabis space, maybe that's a way to do it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I think the compounding effects of it would be great. Though obviously, there'd be some negative things that would probably no, happen. There'd be no, I disagree. There'd be no negative things. The only negative things is if the federal government decides to get their freaking sticky little palms in it and add even another tax. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. That, that, that's guaranteed. There, the articles have already been pushed around that there's like, what, at least a 3% or another up to a 25% tax on top yeah, of it. Yeah, but you know, this new, this new Republicans uh, platform, I believe, doesn't have the federal government taxing it. I, I could be wrong or it could be a minimal tax. Um, I got to look. I haven't looked at that article in about a week or so. But but just the fact that a Republican on the Republican side, they're actually, you know, bringing that forward, I think, shows that the constituents of the United States of America, Democrat, Republican, independent, 
they are majority in favor of cannabis and getting it off the fucking federal schedule list. It's just stupid. We were termed every state that had cannabis was deemed to be essential during the pandemic. How could you have the Why isn't it legal now? Because it but never it, will be. Federally Wouldn't illegal. it be the now with the COVID and all that shit and it being essential? Makes it's no sense. It's never going to happen. Makes no sense. I, 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 you know, it's interesting. I think it's promising. I think it's promising what you're saying, Craig, in terms of like the gesture by the Republican side of things to really kind of like follow. Hey, if your state's right, I, I, I've been calling them on the carpet for years. Like, hey, you say you're a Republican? You should be for cannabis or you should be whatever your beliefs are, states' rights. And then to, you know, I, I agree. And then to Mark's oh, point, being I, think, I think that I couldn't agree. I thought that if they would have done it during COVID, making it essential, I thought that it was going to be promising as well. But then at the same time, when they when it hasn't been done yet, I was like, you know, don't hold your breath, right? It's just like, what, what, what does it take, right? It takes a changing of, it takes, no, what it takes is, a changing of the guard. What it takes is, and I'm not a big political guy, so don't get me wrong, but what it takes, and we were told this by Dana Rohrbacher, who was a Republican libertarian out of Orange County for 30 years, and he actually was hugely in favor of cannabis as a Republican on the Republican side, and he teamed up with a Democrat to write a, a, a writer to the spending bill, which is currently two other names because they both are out. McClintock, um, out that prevents the federal government from going after a state-run business that is in compliance with their state law. But, but the point was, is like, if you're really a Republican, how come you still don't, you, you want to allow states' rights for one thing, but not another? Come on, you know, let's be true. So hopefully yeah. that's starting to happen at the federal level, but people have to call their legislators. So Dana Warbacher told us the only way they change is they get flooded. Literally, people think, eh, my call doesn't count. One vote doesn't count. Fuck yeah, it does. If everybody were to call the senator or Republican or whatever from their state in their district, everybody in that district, all the weed users, cannabis users, and say, if you don't change, we're going to vote you out. <sighs> Done. That's what needs to happen. And not enough people are doing it. You know, and I'm not saying get politically active and involved in politics. I'm saying this one issue. You can go to normal.org, put in your area, who's your, who's your politician or representative, state, local, whatever, and even have pre-done forms. So the more they get of that shit, otherwise we have to wait for the, I don't, I don't know, younger crowd or they just the, the turnover in the 70 and 80-year-olds who are up there who just, you know, the Republicans who just, this is still uh, reefer madness. They have to yeah. leave. Yeah. I, I think I, I agree. We got to send more more emails and phone calls, letting them know our true feelings about cannabis and making cannabis more of a priority for our friends and family. Yes. And also recognizing that the science behind cannabis is not to say it's starting to become more and more undeniable, but it's starting to become more and more undeniable. So yep. once once we do get a little bit more support federally for these studies or when more universities, you know, in all the legal states start to, to take hold and be able to spread more information and do some science to get the good word out. I think we'll start to see this compounding effect, both positives and then the negative will be that tax that they're definitely going to include on top of everything. It's just undeniable. That'll, that'll happen for sure. Uh, my last question for you guys, uh, it's centered around kind of like some game for the next generation, whether it's lawyers or just people trying to get in the cannabis space. Uh, I'd like to start uh, first with you, Mark. Um, what, what would you say is some words of wisdom for the young cannabis entrepreneur, maybe they're interested in law, maybe they're not, but you know, what would you say is some good words, some, some good words, words of wisdom for a cannabis entrepreneur who wants to, I don't like to use the word authentic, but who really wants to have impact and be known for the right things. Well, the first thing is if you're going to get into the business, you get into it licensed, legal and regulated. And so you want to make sure to take those steps to do that. And that means aligning yourself with good people in the industry, good attorneys. You know, we're in California. We handle all of California, but we have a network of attorneys that we can connect with, not only in the United States, but throughout the world now because of our reach. Mm -hmm. And so it's 
it's very important that you align yourself with people in the industry who are doing good things that you can trust and that you can take a template that they've worked off of and then move forward because there are people out here doing it, doing it right. As many as doing it wrong. There's so many doing it right. And most of the good people in the cannabis community are more than happy to help and take somebody under their wing. So it's just about getting out there and talking to the people in the industry. I think that's, that's going to help, help most and be very accurate. Huge, powerful, powerful, powerful. And then for you, Craig, um, kind of a similar, similar question, words of wisdom for the young cannabis entrepreneur trying to come up known for the right things, doing, you know, good in the community, but also again, having, you know, got to have impact. You know, it's, it, it's hard for me. I mean, there's, I see so many people getting into this now. I mean, strictly for the money and granted back in the day, you know, we did it for the money. People, you know, they were dealers. They did it for the money, but so many people believed in the plant. Everybody, all big brands that I know of now, my son's West Coast Cure, um, uh, uh, Puffweiser, they've been doing this a long time. They came from one side to the other. So, you know, they have passion and they had passion for it. I mean, my kid literally got into growing because he wanted to help patients. It helped him instead of taking other shit. And he wanted to help patients. And that was his first felony case was getting popped for growing 24 plants for like six different people. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, so this shit starts off with a passion. So, I mean, you got to have the passion for it. You got to have the passion for the plant, you know, if you really want to do your own thing. Um, and then depending on where you've come from, because, you know, it's been a while now since the old days. So you either have transitioned or you're still doing it illegally. But, um, you know, if you want to bring that passion into the regulated market, you know, I think you're going to do very well. It's not easy. It's hard. It sucks. The regulations, the getting the permits and the licenses. I mean, it's yeah, it's not a fun time and it's expensive. So it's tough and you got to be ready for that to come in. Um, but I think there's still at the end of the day, as much as I say how fucked it is, I think things are going to change, get better, uh, less regulated. I'm, I'm praying they do. And if you get into it now, you're going to be ahead of the game. Awesome. Well, I really, I really appreciate you sharing your guys' perspectives today. Um, really, really huge in terms of the probably the amount of people, the impact you guys have had. Uh, again, you know, we were able to come together and really explode in a beautiful, yeah. organic, crazy way. And organic, yeah. that's the word. Organic. Truly. Organic. And you find someone that you don't even know on the internet and it just happens like that. And then, you know, I came down here. I got, I think it was eight. Now, where, are you now? where are you I now? Live, I'm in LA. Cool. So yeah, once I, once I got, we're close. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're, I, I live in the Valley and so we're not, we're not too far from you. I mean, and I, generally running to mark once to, once a month at minimum so <laughs> organically again so yeah uh, it's it's really a beautiful thing for you guys i mean you guys are out here in california you're in the streets you're at the events you're traveling all around the country you're making contact you're spreading the message you really smoke you guys really dab you really have the the friends and the family that are part of the industry both new and old and so um i really appreciate what you guys have done to help build the culture out here and it's really cool to see um, to be a part of it here in the flesh. And I'm honored to have had you guys on the show. Uh, thank you guys for being a part of the North American We Tour podcast. Thank Absolutely. you very much. How about if we uh, run the script one time? Let's run the script. All right. All right. So if you tune into our Instagram page, you will see us do this script review on uh, Shut the Fuck Up Fridays and during the week. All right. goes like this. I'm the cop. I pull you over, big brother. What do you say when a uh, cop first comes to your window? Why'd you pull me over? Because you were speeding. What's the smell in your car? You have drugs? I'm not discussing my day. I don't care about your day. You look like a drug dealer. Where's the drugs? Am I being detained or am I free to go? You're being detained. Now tell me the drugs are. I invoke the fifth. And then what do you do? I shut the fuck up. That's it. 25 simple words and always film the police. And then you, so you stay quiet. You say those, you say those, those phrases, those sentences, you stay quiet. They're going to pull you out. They're going to detain you. And then that's the roller coaster ride that begins, right? You stay quiet all the way until the very end. They're going to ask you questions. You continue to stay quiet. 
all the way to the the biggest example. I know we're signing off, but the the best example we got because we get DMs all over the country saying it does work for me. People down in the deep south, it does work for me. Um, I was, you know, they didn't even give me a ticket. They let me go. Um, but the best one was the guy who got busted, got taken in, cuffed, handcuffed, went to the holding cell. Eight hours later, they let him go, never charge him with anything because he shut the fuck up. That's when it really works. Wow. So patience and strength and dedication and all the way through this. All, all the way the through way to you sit in that room with your attorney. Yep. Yep. And call you guys if you're in California. You got it. Or anywhere. 855 Waslaw. 855 Waslaw. 855 Waslaw. Everybody, thank you guys for tuning in. This was episode 70 of the North American Weed Tour podcast featuring Mark and Craig Wasserman of the world famous Pop Brothers at Law. Thank you guys for being on today's episode. We will definitely have to touch base again soon in the flesh and also again on another podcast. We have more seasons and shows coming here in January. So we'll be bringing you guys back on hopefully this next quarter. Uh, everybody, please do like, follow, and subscribe. The North American Weed Tour podcast is available on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, and we will also have this available. I streamed it live on my Instagram. You guys can follow me at joey.jayping. And please, if you guys wouldn't mind, uh, your guys' Instagram accounts. All right. We've got Pop Brothers at Law on Instagram and TikTok. It's P-O-T underscore brothers underscore at underscore law. And then you can find us, Pop Brothers at Law, on Twitter, LinkedIn, Snapchat. Where else are we? Everywhere. <laughs> Just Everywhere. Google Pop Brothers at Law. We're all over the place. And if you want to catch us live in person, we will next be at Canacon in New York City, Javits Center, January 7th and 8th. And on January 8th is when we do our performance seminar, The Etiquette of Engaging Law Enforcement how to shut the fuck up when cops ask questions, an hour of fun education, and we do a live version of the script challenge where you can win cash and prizes right there on stage. Join us January 7th and 8th in New York City, and we're going to be in uh, a bunch of other places over 2022, and we will uh, get that information out to you. Beautiful. Man, on the road, back at it again. Mark and Craig, thank you again so much. Thank Let's you. go. I'll see you all soon. And I might have to make it out there to New York and just see what's good and pull up on you. Yes. Yes. Come on. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great and wonderful rest of your day.